0: Welcome to the Nourished Wrap Podcast, hosted by two passionate clinical nutritionists whose mission is to educate, inspire, and empower people to lead a more nourishing life.
1: Katie and Jessica value evidence-based practice, holistic healing approaches, and practical health advice, all while having fun along the way. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show.
0: Okay, welcome back everybody. We are at episode six of the Nourished Wrap. Thank you for tuning in today. Hi, guys. It's exciting um, to be at episode six. So, today we're going to be talking about polycystic ovarian syndrome. And we're actually going to be tying this back to Jess's personal story.
1: Yeah, so um, we thought it would be a really good idea to not only give you guys insight into this syndrome, but also on a personal level and also sharing uh, my own health journey so that you guys can connect, I guess, in a more real way with. You know, health and well being. So, because I honestly think just because we're nutritionists or health professionals, it doesn't exempt us from experiencing signs and symptoms or ill health or, you know, mm-hmm. states of ill health. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool episode.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, um, let's start off, Jess. Maybe we can just, um, there's probably people tuning in who have been diagnosed with PCOS. OS, and then other people who have no idea what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. So polycystic ovarian syndrome is is a condition that affects well, the estimates now are about thirty percent of women. It's quite high, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So if we look at the actual diagnostic criteria of PCOS, well, what's it stand for? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So what is the diagnostic criteria? So in order for somebody to be diagnosed with PCOS through a doctor, they need to satisfy two of the following three criteria. So that is anovulation or oligo-ovulation, which basically means either absence of ovulation or irregular ovulation. And
1: that would look like, for somebody who doesn't know what ovulation is, it would generally present itself as irregular periods or not getting a period.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in saying that, some people do have PCOS with a regular period, but they're just not ovulating. Yeah, Yeah, yes, true. Um, Hyperandronism, which is elevated androgenic hormones, which is essentially testosterone.
1: Yeah, and those male kind of prominent types of hormones. DHEA.
0: That's so what, it. what does that look like in some people, Jess? Well, that
1: can look like the facial hair growth. Um, either Oh, well, I shouldn't say facial hair. It can be extra hair on the tummy as well. Yeah, like that
0: snail trail sort of thing. Yeah, that
1: kind of what you see mainly in men. Um, but definitely very classic symptom is along the chin line, yep. the jaw line. Um, okay, and, growth, also, yeah. and also you'll see it as uh, breakouts, yes, acne. acne, yeah. exactly. Tied very much so to high testosterone. Um, and also you can get the deepening of the voice. So they're yeah. probably the three main yep. um,
0: high testosterone type symptoms. Yeah. And then the third um, criteria that can be satisfied is actual cysts on the ovaries, mm. which would be only viewable through an ultrasound, a vaginal ultrasound. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it is really important that, you know, if you're having some hormonal problems and that you don't self-diagnose as usual, you should see a GP or a Mm. specialist and actually get a diagnosis.
1: And ensure that they're doing these thorough three checks at least because I have often seen clients in clinic coming in saying, I've been given a diagnosis of PCOS and I'll say, cool, well, how did they test you? And they'll just say, oh, well, they've just gone off my symptom history, which is... It's a good insight into it, but I think you you need those testings, like especially with the bloods, like the um those high testosterone hormones as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so we're going to focus on some of the nutritional considerations because PCOS is one of those conditions that you know can be so well managed yeah. um, with Espec- with diet, especially with diet. Yeah. yeah. So let's start, Jess, maybe you could tell the listeners when you were first diagnosed. Yeah, okay. Well, my
1: own kind of health journey, I guess... um Probably after I finished grade 12, I was on the pill on and off for a few years. And just in between that time, I just seemed to lose lost my cycle. Every time I'd come off the pill, I wouldn't get it. And then when I'd go back on the pill to regulate it. And then eventually I just thought, no, enough's enough. I need to get to this underlying cause. So they did some further investigations, did the ultrasound um did my bloods for the high um for the androgens and found i had cysts on the ultrasound i didn't have high levels of those hormones in my blood but i satisf- satisfied the diagnosis because i had uh, a regular cycle so yeah. two of those criteria were met and um, so I was probably about 21 at that time. Um, and then that's when I really turned to nutrition and health and what got me to where I am today, essentially. Uh, yeah, so... But since then... Um, so I met you in yeah, with, clinic... In clinic. A couple um, of years ago. Yeah. So I'm I'm currently 26 turning 27, so... I met Katie, I was probably 24. Yeah. And um, I actually started seeing Katie in the student clinic to just help... uh, Because
0: we used to treat each
1: other. Yeah. (laughs) Fun times. Um, But it was really just to kind of... Really get on top of things because I was doing everything by the book. So I was eating right. I was, you know, moving my body. I was trying to manage my stress and I just thought, right, Katie, what can you do for me that is going to really knock this on the head? Because at that
0: point, you hadn't had a period. I
1: hadn't had a period for five years at this point. Yep. So I fully came off my um, the pill. I had no cycle for five years. Mind you, amongst all of this, I think the contributing factors to the PCOS label was that um, I struggled a lot with, like, I would say disordered eating in that I was very body image conscious and I was um, running ragged at the gym and exercising a lot and not eating enough. Um, I was also under a lot of stress with food, anxiety, like just in general. Um, Such a common
0: picture in that age very isn't
1: isn't it? it? Yeah, Yeah. and I struggled a lot with it and I think that was a major contributing factor, just not only with PCOS but hormones, you need a lot of nourishment. Yeah. Yeah through mentally, physically, and what you put in your mouth. It's just all about nourishment. So that's, I think, what got me to, the, at that point, not having one for five years. Um, and it's funny, I'll just bring up as well, that even though I was doing all the right things, it wasn't in the right way, if that makes sense. Like, um, I was eating correctly, but I was so rigid about it yeah, that it was, it was just, causing yeah, stress. Yeah,
0: yeah. because yeah, when we first... we. I think one of the first things I sort of we sort of talked about was like let's maybe bring in some other food groups. That's right. See how you feel. And did we add some extra like carbs? Low, it, yeah, like low GI carbs. Yeah, as well? that's
1: right. Because I was very much on this paleo bandwagon as well, so I have, wasn't eating very many carb, like grainy carbs. I was eating vegetable based carbs, but. Um, yeah, and then we did look at introducing some more of that and also being okay with it because yep. I was still, while I had come a long way with everything, that was still, unfortunately, it's something that I'm going to have to live with as a bit of a foundational thing because that's, you know, my past. So, you know, um, it can get triggered very easily. So when Katie suggested to add in those more carbs, I was a little bit like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it kindly because otherwise it's just going to be counterproductive. And yeah. it worked really well, hey! And we ended up doing um, a salivary hormone test as well, yeah. which we can do through functional labs we have access to. And um, what did that show? I think it
0: showed re from memory really, really high testosterone levels. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was when we moved. That was that really helped us to to sort of select appropriate supplementation yes. for you which we might talk about
1: I think further, be, yeah like in a second yeah
0: um but I mean the work that like obviously you you had done a lot of work mentally and oh yeah re- reducing some of the stress before we started seeing each other but what happened after you made the changes
1: yeah so um I made the changes with Katie, um, started to be a bit more, uh, relaxed with myself and my movement and, and, things like that. And then I got a period yeah. after five years, I got a period. So that was, it's probably one of the like top five favorite moments of my life. It was pretty <laughs> special. Um, so yeah, um, we did the test though. I did the test and then the next day I got the period. So We were kind of like, "Mm, well, would we find anything on these test results? And we did. There was still high testosterone. So Katie then looked into this further um, through the research, and this is where specific nutritional supplementation really came into play. Yeah. Um, And what did we end up finding?
0: So, I mean, there's some really good nutritional supplementation with research out there for PCOS, and this is not an invitation to self-prescribe or anything, but... Some of the key um, supplements and what we used with you, Jess, was we used, um, you know, various dosage um, concentrations of inositol. Yes.
1: And why is inositol so indicated in PCOS or so successful?
0: Well, because one of the major characteristics of PCOS is insulin resistance. That, yeah. They
1: actually um, say that it is diabetes of the ovaries, yeah. essentially. Yeah, Exactly.
0: And there's a lot of insulin receptors in our reproductive organs. So, you know, it's one of those things where we don't fully understand whether, you know, the abs... Like, whether the insulin resistance is the driver or a causative factor. Yeah. But we know that... If we can improve insulin resistance, we can improve things like ovulation and um, period regulation and that sort of thing. So, inositol is heavily, heavily supported in research for helping to improve insulin sensitivity to yes. the cells. So, that will also help with blood sugar regulation. And, you know, inositol is also a very good supplement for diabetics. Yes. yeah, yep. yeah. So, we, we sort of dose that up started you on a lower dose and then worked you mm. up to something that was tolerable. That's right. Yeah. Um, we also did... Did we do any NAC with you? Oh,
1: I didn't do NAC with you, but um, after like the semester broke up, I did start taking NAC, which is N-acetylcysteine. It is actually an amino acid, but it's very... It's good for a lot of different things, yes. isn't it? And it's a very safe nutrient, but there was... Excellent research with inositol and NAC together, yep. um, working really well. It the results in the we'll link the um, the research in the show notes too. But the results with the research was that these women diagnosed with PCS and having irregular cycles were regulating their cycles on an inositol and NAC. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't mention much about diet in these studies, which I think is always foundational. And we did that, Katie, you and I, didn't we? Like, I was already at a good place with my nutrition. So Katie was refining things, I think, with the nutritional supplementation.
0: Yeah. I think we probably... It was funny. I think we probably relaxed your diet a bit Yeah, more, which is interesting, yeah. But then we kind of got a little bit more specific about the supplementation. Yeah. Um, so stress levels probably came down a bit. Yeah. The nourishment probably went up a little bit. And then we had, you know, some insulin sensitizing um, things in there. And there was something else we did. I can't... What well, it was just... What supplement? I know it was an Orsaplex one. Um, did we?
1: I can't... Well... Aside from what I took or what we can remember I took, zinc is also really, really important with PCOS hormones and blood sugar in general. Zinc actually helps um, insulin be utilised in the body in a really great way. And the thing with zinc is that um, while it's in a lot of different types of foods that we can eat, unfortunately, it's the quality of our food, um, and the soil it's grown in just doesn't have that level of zinc that we need. Yeah. So I think, um, that is another important nutrient with this,
0: with that picture. Um, and I think what's really important again is just to come back to like, you know, if you want nutritional or natural medicine support with any sort of health condition, you need to see a practitioner because, Sometimes you find zinc or, I don't know, I don't think you'd find something like an inositol on the shelves, but you need to be making sure that these things are actually dosed therapeutically if you mm-hmm. want to get an actual result. Um, you also need to make sure that if you're also concurrently using medication that you can safely use the two of them Snappy. alongside each other. Yeah. So any information we are giving is purely just, you know, anecdotal and this is what worked and this is yeah know, this is well supported yes um but hopefully if you are listening and you have had you have been diagnosed with pcos this is opening your eyes to you know some other options that are yeah, available because right. traditionally the options are go on the pill yes um and let's just take a moment to remember that going on the pill means you're not actually have it doesn't regulate a period because you do not ovulate on the pill you do not that's right yeah so you might have a regular pe sorry, a regular bleed, but that's a withdrawal bleed because yeah. you're stopping the synthetic hormones for five days. So I I don't I'm I'm sorry, I just don't understand how the pill regulates a period yeah. when you it actually you don't have a period that's right yeah, so
1: and let's on this note touch base on um the importance of having a cycle because it, a lot of the thought processes around going on the pill when you're young is like sweet i'll go on it to fix my skin fix my um irregular periods or my mood or whatever it is and um i'll deal with when i want to get pregnant when i need to but the thing is having a healthy regular cycle it's actually an indication of a woman's overall health Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, um, it takes three months for a healthy cycle to come about. So if you're hopping off the pill after being on it for 10 years and then trying to fall pregnant, it's almost like... Three months minimum. Three months minimum to reset yourself up to be in a good body place to give birth and, you know, build a baby. So... Um, we really need to change the thought processes around periods. We I need think normalise periods. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't need to be associated with fertility. It needs to be associated with overall health. health. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think, Jess, we should go back to, just for the benefit of our listeners, let's talk about food again. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So, you know, we talked about your journey, but... Let's look at some of the like the fundamental dietary principles, the broad principles that can generally be applied to most most people who have PCOS. So, yeah,
1: yeah. so you definitely want to look at focusing on whole foods, um, fresh whole foods, and trying to eliminate uh, your packaged and processed foods. Because generally, like we said before, there's a huge link with PCOS and that insulin resistance slash pre-diabetic picture so essentially we can look at those types of diets being effective for PCOS so that is um you know low GI yeah yeah, um high high, not high protein but you know getting good amounts of protein and fats in like making them a priority yeah
0: definitely like a healthy fat yeah moderate moderate protein and sort of you know, your slow-release carbohydrates. That's right, yeah. Because, you know, someone with PCOS basically is likely to have pretty poor blood sugar regulation. That's right, yeah. And we don't want it... We we can't be having high-carbohydrate foods and really sugary foods and high-GI foods because they will spike the blood glucose levels. And because a PCOS picture is already resistant to insulin, those blood sugar levels are just going to stay high.
1: Exactly, not do it any justice at all. And that's yeah. going
0: to cause inflammation. Exactly, which yeah. is
1: another whole ball game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really looking at focusing on those fibrous carbs, um, low GI, protein fats, and just a lot of, a lot of vegetables. You know, we want to get as much nutrients as we can in there. And look, we could really say that this diet is good for the general population. Yeah, for sure. So to pick out the focus for PCR specifically, I think like we already said, low GI, carbs, fibre, protein and fats. Just to sum it up, the difference really. Yeah. But you always want to be choosing those like whole foods.
0: Yeah, and you're really good with your, like, healthy fats. Like, you're always making sure you've got, like, lots of avocado or, you know, like, nuts and seeds in your salads. And, um, you know, adding those fats is nourishing for your hormones, but it's also going to, like, really slow down the blood sugar release. That's right. um, Which will, you know... Um, hopefully keep those blood sugar and insulin levels more stable yep. yeah
1: and the other thing is also with um eating you know focusing on protein fats and carbs is that you know hormones are actually made from protein and, and you fats, know yeah. and fat so it's like really just foundational ingredients to make these things yeah um but another picture though to pcrs we should probably say and something that i did a lot of research into because i was just researching the crap out of PCOS and you know trying to get my periods going um and that is the stress side of it so you know that HPO axis which is your hypothalamic uh, pituitary and ovarian axis because there is that kind of
0: cascade
1: that needs to run smoothly in order for it to orchestrate yeah so basically
0: that's sort of like the link between your brain talking to your ovaries exactly
1: telling them what to do to make enough estrogen and then enough progesterone and et cetera, et cetera. So that is that can be another element to it.
0: So specifically as far as PCOS what happens or what can happen to the HPOA axis Yeah okay
1: well if you're not ovulating for one you're not making enough progesterone so when you're not making enough progesterone um I should sorry I should interject and say that this is all a bit of a feedback loop to each other so the brain and the ovaries are constantly communicating to each other through these hormones and when you're ov- when you're not ovulating slash not getting a, re- a regular period um then you're not making enough progesterone, which is, you know, telling the hypothalamus that um, there's not enough hormones and then it's, you know, it's getting mixed signals essentially. The other thing is if you've got high stress, which is that... um, you know, with me, it looked like food anxiety, and then I was getting and overtraining, and overtraining physically, yeah. stressing my body out. Is that cortisol is actually made from the same ingredient, yes. same foundational ingredient as um, estrogen and progesterone, which is cholesterol. Yes. So essentially, it's called the pregnenolone steal, but in more understandable terms, essentially, it's that your stress hormones are stealing the ingredients needed for um your reproductive hormones so all of that um goodness is going to support your stress response rather than your reproduction yeah that's
0: so that's gold just there because i think that's you know women often notice oh my cycle's been out and it's like well how stressed have you been okay so literally all that stress is stealing the resources you need to make your hormones exactly and it's like the first thing you you know people not falling pregnant like okay well how stressed are you okay we need to lower the stress so you can actually produce the hormones that you need
1: exactly yeah Yeah. and it's sorry and it also puts you into that there's those two different arms of the nervous system yeah so you've got your sympathetic nervous system and then your parasympathetic nervous system the sympathetic nervous system is that fight or flight so very stressy but essentially when you're in that state, yeah. your body does not want to reproduce because it thinks it's in danger.
0: Yeah, and yeah. that's the same. You know, often you you hear of that. You know, a lot of gut issues when yeah. people are super stressed. That's right. It's because well, you're in fight or flight. That system that controls digestion is literally being switched exactly. off. Exactly, yeah. same
1: as reproduction. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you know it. You know, one of the things you've worked on so much, Jess, is you know. Um, having a healthier relationship with food yeah. and exercise and you know more of a nurturing perspective than a go out and smash myself exactly. and, and starve my and, body and listening
1: to my body and yeah. not yeah um yeah to outside sources
0: yeah so a couple of the symptoms that weren't as predominant for you because yeah. obviously no a diagnosis of any condition shouldn't put someone in a box you know like yeah. everybody is still an individual and everybody's you know, I've seen cases of PCOS where people are overweight, where they're skinny, where they yeah. have hair growth, where they don't have hair growth, where they are do yeah. have a period, where they don't have a period. It, it can look quite different. That's right. Um, you know, hirsutism can be a very so hirsutism as an excess hair growth yeah. that can be a really. Mentally debilitating situation when somebody's getting a lot of that facial hair, absolutely. Um, And again, some of those, you know, nutritional supplements that we talked about actually have strong research. you know, they they lower the testosterone levels and therefore improve the grade of hirsutism over right. over time, which yes. is awesome. Um, and obviously, for some people, unfortunately, the insulin resistance associated with PCOS means that they have a very, you know, a very significant struggle with weight, and they can yes. be quite overweight. Yes, yeah.
1: Um.
0: So that comes back to you know sensitizing the cells to insulin again, yeah. being very, very, um, mindful of the, um, you know, of having very low GI carbohydrates and, and healthy fats. So that more sort of lower carbohydrate, um, higher fat diet may be appropriate for that kind of picture. Um, I know I get some really good results with metabolic balance and PCOS as oh, well. Yeah. You would. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it can look different for yeah. everybody. But at the end of the day, it's not a death sentence. Absolutely
1: not. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm living proof of that. Like, and, and you know, it's another thing to remember if you've got it or if you've got any health condition, like Katie said, it's not a death sentence, but it's something that you need to take responsibility for, you yeah. know? Yeah. And just be patient with it. That's my, That was the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah. Um. I guess in conclusion, I'll tell you where I'm at now is that, um, you know, so i got my first period with Katie after five years and, and then I was getting one every three months and that's kind of how it's just been lately. Um, it's, look, it's not a hundred percent textbook perfect, but I'm working, it's working towards that. So, you know, which
0: is awesome. And I've certainly had, you know, a number of friends that I've sort of helped that have had PCOS and whatnot and, Um, you know, another thing that can be quite helpful is acupuncture to help to regulate that period. That's That's probably another conversation, but there's lots of options outside of taking the pill or outside of you have PCOS, you'll never fall pregnant or you have PCOS, you will always be overweight. Like it doesn't have to be that way. And that's what we really want to get across to you guys today.
1: Yeah. And know that there's health professionals out there like nutritionists, um, who can get to the underlying cause of what is actually going on.
0: Yeah. All right. So we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. Um, If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us. Yes. Um, We'll be back in a fortnight's time. Yeah. We're going to be talking about um, nutrition for pregnancy for something a little bit different. And we're just going to close with our reminder of our five key values here at the Nourished Wrap. So those being Uh, we want to move every day in an enjoyable way. We want to
1: eat whole foods most of the time. We want to sleep well, switch off for a few minutes every single day and tune into your own body.
0: Cool. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, Have a great fortnight. Bye.